Welcome to It's Not About the Money, a podcast in search of grounded fundraising. I'm Heather, and together with my co-host, Andy, we look beyond the quick tips and formulas. Join us as we explore the nuance and complexity of ministry fundraising. If you want to thrive in partner development, not just survive it, this is the place for you. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are recapping the episode with Patty on striving, stagnant, or surrendered. Andy is not with us today, sadly, as he is out of office, but I am very excited to have our friend Jenny joining us. Jenny has lived overseas herself and actually just recently returned from a stint in North Africa. She has worked in mobilizing others into overseas opportunities and in general just brings a wealth of knowledge into this conversation. Jenny, what else would you like us to know about you? Yeah. Hi, Heather. Thank you for having me. And we do miss Andy for this episode. We do. Yes. So have done short terms as well um, and gotten to be a part of uh, the process before people go overseas and then also been overseas myself. So feel lucky to be here today. Thanks for having me, Heather. Yeah, absolutely. And our guests that come in for the recap don't always know the guest that we had in our episode, but you actually do know Patty. This is true. I think so highly of Patty. I'm thankful for a lot of things for at least about 10 years or so. I feel like I've had a lot of wisdom from her. So appreciate yeah. listening to this conversation and hearing other things she had to say. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm excited to get started. So I guess, Jenny, I would ask what stood out to you from from this episode with Patty? Yeah, a few things. I think right at the beginning, there was the defining about people who might be jumping all in and kind of overachievers or someone who is really goal oriented compared to people who were more apathetic in terms of taking action on um, support raising and fundraising. So I related and it stood out when Patty talked about the being driven at times and then being overwhelmed mm, and then yeah. becoming apathetic. And so that's some of my story is I am a very driven person. I'm goals here. Let's start doing something. And then when I saw the number or I saw how many calls it was going to take or I saw kind of the effort behind it, there's a little bit of uh, overwhelming apathy that I turned into. Mm -hmm. And so that stood out to me to to kind of talk through that and hear what she had to say um, in those situations. And always remembering the why stood out to me as well. So the first part, yeah, knowing like I'm not alone. I relate with people in this story. And then the second one was knowing the why. And mm. that that hit me because often I am ta- I can get task-oriented if I forget the why. And in yeah. fundraising, that is really common because the task seems so uh, big at hand. So I need to start doing these little things. And then I remember a situation where I really didn't explain my heart behind what I was doing. Mm. And then suddenly I'm asking someone to be a part of it and asking for money. And so it came off just a little um, robotic and came off ingenuine. Um, And so I appreciated her reminder. Remember the why. Yeah. Yeah. The why, it it often comes back to the why. That's Mm -hmm. really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I really liked the way that she, I guess, just kind of modeled reframing the why in fundraising, I think that her example was around making calls. And, you know, if you view it as, oh, I need to make all these phone calls, but then reframe that and, you know, think of it as all these opportunities to connect with people or to invite them into something. Yeah, it's, it's really 
such a small reframe in some instances, but it can make a world of difference. Yeah. Mm. And a lot of things she said, there were these small reframes. Right. Which, And this is every time I listen to Patty. There's just a new angle to see something, yeah. even though it's the same work. So I appreciated those different angles that she reminded us of to have. Yeah, I think something I really appreciate about Patty and that we saw throughout the conversation was just her ability to draw out the nuance and to, to really see how that nuance brings a lot of depth to whatever it is that we're talking about, right? Like even even in the example of, you know, when Andy set the episode up trying to help us see that we really do observe people falling into kind of one rut or the other a lot of times as we're coaching them in fundraising. They can either, as you said, go in their own strength and be striving or kind of fall into a place of, you know, of apathy or stagnancy or really just um, discouragement and not not knowing how to act. And And you already mentioned this, but I really loved that Patty took away the the rigidity of those two ruts and just kind of said, man, that person can be the same person mm-hmm. that can exist in the same person, depending on how the day is going or, mm-hmm. you know, the stressors and things like that. And I hope our listeners find it helpful to just remember that that can exist in the same person. And we don't stay there, right? We don't hopefully stay in the place of stuck, whether it's in our own striving or in inability to go forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which kind of relates to her, again, slight reframe when she was talking about, I wonder what he's inviting me into. Mm, the the mm-hmm. reframing and in, in just the exact words that were used, like, I should do this, or I need to do this, or those kind of reframe to I could, or what is he inviting me to do in this time? And even just that slight posture change, I think, can give a lot of light lightness to support raising instead of that heaviness of, oh, I'm rigid. I'm stuck in this rut. I'm stuck in this rut. But let me just phrase this differently. And there's a little bit of a lifting to say, okay, now let's, let's go. I can do this. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It becomes more expansive versus, mm -hmm. and I think, I think we talked about it in terms of a funnel, you know, instead of becoming more and more, I guess, isolated and closed in what you feel like you can do it becomes more expansive i could do this i could Mm -hmm. do this and that yeah that feels lighter yeah there's a lifting of some type yes maybe that's just encouragement but it kind of gives new wind in your sails at times yeah yeah so i guess this kind of puts you on the spot because this wasn't necessarily from our episode with her but i would love to hear as you were listening did it bring up any memories from your own fundraising journey yes uh definitely and i think it's great even that you're doing this podcast and have so many support and training um, because it's it's a journey and we need people walking alongside us in that. So I think for me, part of my journey was kind of expectations from family or from people that you would go and find a job. I had an education major, so maybe go into the public school systems or just find a teaching position. And the idea of support raising was really new for my parents even though I did grow up in the church and very thankful for the supportive parents that I have, but it was just new and maybe not what every parent might envision for their kids. And so, yeah, I was suggested to go and find jobs abroad where they paid you instead. Mm. And just that the why kept coming back. And I Mm. said, but I really see 
the combination of professional and ministry coming together with this particular position. And so um, as I started in the journey and reframing the idea of partnership and the idea of this serves, I'm going to serve not just people overseas, but this is actually including a whole group and community and fellowship of people behind me and we're doing this together. Mm -hmm. It's, it's really broadened my perspective of what fundraising is. And even for my parents too, I've seen them along this journey nine years later, um, multiple times overseas of just how even their faith, you know, has changed. And also some of their friends who have been invited to be a part of partnering with me. Mm -hmm. And so I like wholeheartedly see ministry overseas and in the States when it comes to support raising. Um, And so even just one example is emails that I'd get from people who say, we can't go ourselves, but we are so honored to be a part of your journey. And I can be a window to another side of the world for people who would never have the opportunity to do that. And so it is kind of like we're Without this support raising experience, I feel like there's a lack. There's, a, mm. there's something missing. There's a family. There's a community. There's fellowship that could be had, but wouldn't happen if there wasn't a support raising base behind you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's it's financial. It's emotional. It's prayerful. You know, it's all aspects of what relationships are, and um, support raising really brings that out in a unique way. And so that's some things that I've learned along the journey that um, I did not expect <laughs> from hmm. the beginning because I saw the number and I thought impossible and I kind of thought shame a bit mm-hmm. of, man, I came from a family who provided so well for me and now I can't c- take care of myself. Mm. So I think there was a little bit of that thinking and shame-based um, thinking like, wow, I'm not really not good enough to take care of myself. So. Yeah, that was definitely reframed to that this partnership perspective mm-hmm. um, and seeing how people, well, one, it's a journey of trust mm, um, yeah. as we walk through difficult conversations or resistance or just people like unexpected things from from people and that journey of trust, remembering the why and really being able to to see partners come and join in the work. That's I've I've absolutely loved that part of it is seeing how we can be a window to a world that wouldn't happen otherwise. You know, yeah, you have supporters behind you. So being able to do presentations and sharing the work um, afterward, I think also part of support raising is like people are there for you emotionally mm-hmm. and ready to listen and willing to listen because they've been invested in it. Yeah, and that's just emotional support as well. Yeah. Getting to share stories. So yeah, there is a beauty with that partnering aspect. Yeah. Wow. Jenny, that brings up so many follow-up questions, but but one that feels really important to ask is from what you said, it sounds like your view of partnership has kind of taken that nine and a half years to mm. form, right? It doesn't sound like you necessarily started from day one with kind of like a downloaded view of how you should view partnership and then you were able to just execute that, right? It sounds like it built over time. Is that true? Yes. Yeah. I think a lot of these things that impact us and influence our lives, these are heart issues. Mm. And so 
to say I figured it out in the first week of support raising, mm. that that would be miraculous. Like my heart was changed that fast. Yes. But um, definitely a heart softening or having a softness of heart to be willing to say, what what are you doing in this, God? Mm, like, mm-hmm. How can I trust you in this? Um, it's uncomfortable right now. Um, and And yeah, the first time I went, it was for one year. And so I was even discovering more of what my vision was and what the why was exactly. And other times that I went overseas, this clarity of of why um, I believe in the work and how I want to share that with people, um, which takes nuances, which takes, I it does take practice, like conversations and emails and communication. That all takes practice. Mm-hmm. And so it might be uncomfortable at first or it might not be particularly something that people love to do. Mm-hmm. But over that time, as you said, I think... Yeah, my heart really opened up to being sensitive um, and understanding of what partnership can be, like yeah. the potential instead of the constraints. Right. Um, That's a really good clarification. Yeah. Yeah. And so the more kind of potential I saw in it, the more driving it was for me, actually. Mm-hmm. When I got in those overwhelming moments, I just thought about, man, I want more people to see what God is doing overseas. Like, why would I want to hinder that? Um, And so there's a little bit more driving force of, okay, let's, let's talk to people. Let's include people. Let's not take this opportunity away from people to be a part of something. Um, And so, yeah, I guess that was that change from there's potential in it and not feeling constrained or fear-based from it. Yeah. Man, Jenny, I really love that because, you know, in, I guess, the training we provide to people and in the curriculum, we definitely try to set them up with some foundational truths Mm -hmm. to cling to and some realities around what is partnership. It's not just constraints. It is opportunity. It is inviting people into God's work. What is the biblical basis for fundraising? So there's all these ways that we're really trying to give people a solid foundation Mm -hmm. and some truth to cling to in those moments where they can catch themselves striving or feel themselves falling into overwhelm and stagnancy. But I think what I really love about what you're saying is that you don't have to be optimized in those things in order to move forward in faithfulness and to be willing for the Lord to change your heart over time. So as people listen to the episode and maybe resonate with, you know, striving, kind of doing things in their own strength or or getting to a point of discouragement where they're just not sure they want to do this anymore, I hope they understand that that really there's a lot of space for us to not have it all together one way or the other. And there's there's just so much work that the Spirit does in taking us forward and in providing in seasons of striving and in seasons of stagnant, right? And, and really, you know, what Patty was encouraging was just this posture of being surrendered to the Lord, reframing the invitation to ask Him, Lord, what are you doing how can I see this? Yeah, that's it's just so important to to focus on those things instead of feeling stuck. Mm. Along with what Patty was talking about, I really appreciated her heart. Mm. Like just so much heart and compassion and empathy and care comes out from her words. Yes. And, and her voice. <laughs> she just exudes 
care. And I think that really is from Jesus. Like there's a compassion and care that Jesus has for us, even if we're in a time of frustration or stagnancy or striving, where his perspective and his kindness and goodness still comes and smiles down upon us in a compassionate way, not in a forceful or shame-based or guilt-based way of do this and you're not doing this or because sometimes in a time of stagnancy those can be thoughts too right like oh i'm not doing this and i didn't do enough of this or i didn't say the right thing or someone said no and you know the rejection can be hard too at times and so i think to just patty kept bringing us back to jesus's heart Mm -hmm. for for us and being really um resting in that and and a couple of the stories that she brought up too, even with Jesus turning water into wine and feeding the 5,000 and how people were included in those stories. They're included into the, into those miracles of what was happening. It wasn't people of particular talents or particular strengths. It wasn't like here, what's your ability now? I'll include you in this. Right. You know, everyone is, included to be a part of partnering with God and his work. And so, you know, if those thoughts start even coming like, well, then I must not be good for doing this type of work, or I must not be the right person. Or I think there could be a balance of evaluating, yeah, what do I bring to the table? And how many loaves of bread and fish do we bring to the table and see what God does with that? Mm -hmm. Um, Because he is inviting us to be a part of it and doing it, that balance of responsibility and God working. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Before we kind of move on to our closeout question, was there anything else that stood out to you that you'd want to bring up? I think one other thing Patty mentioned was the idea of God's character being revealed in times of lack. Mm. And whether that's seasons of support raising or anything else in life. Yeah, I kind of stood out as a new way to see how God works in our lives. Mm. Not to say that I can define everything that he's doing, because that's definitely not what our job is, is to figure out exactly what he's doing. But we can also have soft hearts and acknowledge, maybe I am being formed in this way, and maybe he is speaking to me in this way. And so kind of that idea of he's a comforter, he's a provider, he's a shepherd, but really experiencing what that means in life is different than saying it. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, even from my experience overseas, finding home, knowing how to speak the language, not knowing how to grocery shop, like these things are times of lack. And the idea that he's a provider is just so different in my perspective now, Mm -hmm. walking through hardships. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I I appreciated that. That stood out as well to say, again, inviting, what is he doing in this? Maybe it's a time of of lack that he's revealing a character trait of himself. Yeah. And we talk a lot about how the fundraising season is formation, right? It has Mm -hmm. purposes. It's forming us. Uh, Really, all of life is formation, but certainly a season with the kind of elements that fundraising has is certainly a season of of formation should you choose to engage it in that way. So yeah, absolutely. Well, Jenny, something else I would love to ask before we close out our time is just knowing that others listening to this episode are likely going to either be considering fundraising or actively fundraising themselves. 
Do you have any encouragement you would want to offer? Yeah, I think for encouragement during the support raising or fundraising season is to continue to think big picture Mm. and to continue that maybe long-term picture of, okay, maybe I don't feel good today, but this one, it's not going to stay just like this, how I feel today, but there, there is a formation that's happening. And so thinking, thinking big picture, maybe having a specific friend or having a mentor, or maybe it's the coach who keeps reminding you of your identity and reminding you of the big picture because yeah, we can get in our heads a lot. Yeah. And uh, that does cause paralyzation at times. And so I think continuing to have a soft heart to what God is doing during the time is important. Mm-hmm. And then having those people around you to encourage you yeah. who are on board, who can just give you a quick note some days. Yeah, that would be that'd be my encouragement. Yeah. To have that long-term perspective on it. Because as you said, even for me, it's like, this is years down the road mm-hmm. and I'm still processing like what support raising and fundraising means mm-hmm. um, and our journeys in it. Yeah, I think that's really good. And like we said in the episode, a coach is a great resource for that. It's not the only resource. You know, ideally people would have people close to them, maybe part of a core team that are coming alongside them, encouraging them, reminding them of what's true. I think it can also just be helpful for people to develop a rhythm of maybe even reflection themselves. Mm -hmm. Even something as simple as like you have a calendar and every day you put some kind of emotive face, like a smiley Mm -hmm. face or a sad face or just something super simple that shows like, hey, how did how did today feel or go? Mm -hmm. So you can see over time like, oh, it's not all bad days. Mm -hmm. Or you can see, wow, I've had a lot of bad days. Maybe I need to call somebody. Maybe I need Mm -hmm. to talk about this, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a very simplistic example. But basically, I'm just trying to drive home the point that As you said, anytime our focus is drawn in and becomes very small, I think there's so much room for discouragement and and loss of vision, Mm -hmm. you know, loss of of the long-term perspective. And so anything you can do to kind of have a posture of reflection, or I loved what you said about, you know, just trying to to lean into what the Lord might be doing, expecting Him to work, that's also really, really good. The other thing that is meaningful to me that Patty said, because of the kind of person I am, is she said information rarely generates energy. Mm. And that's important to me because I love input. Yeah. I love podcasts. I love books. I love talking with people. I love ideas. Mm. And sometimes I can get pretty down on myself if everything I'm learning isn't like producing something in me or I'm not, it's not like changing something immediately, but just remembering like it doesn't generate energy and and there's a purpose for engaging these things, but the Lord will sow that fruit over time. Right. Mm. So yeah, that's something that, that I'm taking away. That's a good one, especially in our information overload era. Yeah, totally. (laughs) There's a lot of information out there. Well, I am I am sad that Andy wasn't able to be here and give us his perspective because it mm-hmm. is always insightful. But Jenny, thank you so much for your time. And we're really grateful that you were able to join us today. And for all you listeners, we hope you're encouraged. And we would love to hear from you. If you have an idea for something you'd like to hear on a future show, just shoot me an email at provisio at provisiofundraising.com. Thanks and have a great day. Thanks, Heather. Thanks, Heather. 
It's Not About the Money is presented by Provisio Fundraising Solutions. Provisio equips support-based workers with flexible training, practical resources, and one-on-one coaching. Find out more at provisiofundraising.com.